Hi there, and welcome back to What's True for Everybody. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Uh, my day has been fantastic. My family went and played at the park in the early afternoon at the foothills of the mountains and packed a lunch and had a fantastic time. And then my bride went to work and the kids are playing upstairs. At some point, you may hear them screaming and yelling and having a good time. Uh, I have a load of laundry in the washer. I have a loaded laundry in the dryer, in case you were wondering. And then after I record this, I'm going to go make some dinner for the family. So that's what I'm up to today. This is experience four of what's true for everybody. And I've started calling these experiences instead of episodes, because why not? Uh, And my description of this podcast is experiencing the beautiful truths of Jesus and the Bible in a way that's true for everybody, no matter who you are. So if I was calling this, or my description was episoding the beautiful truths of Jesus and the Bible in a way that's true for everybody, no matter who you are, uh, then I'll call, I'd call them episodes, but I'm going to call them experiences instead. So this is experience number four, and this is Christmas 2018 part one, and I am calling this a birth before the birth. Here's why. When we read the Christmas story during the Christmas season, or when we, when we wake up Christmas morning and we read the Christmas story, and by the Christmas story, I mean the story of the birth of Jesus. When we read the story, more often than not, people choose to read it from the Gospel of Luke. Now, in the Bible, there are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and these four Gospels are the first four books of the New Testament. Two of these Gospels tell the story of the birth of Jesus, Matthew and Luke. And out of those two, Luke's account is the longest and most detailed. Uh, So that tends to be the one that we go to when we want to read the story of the birth of Jesus, especially during the Christmas season. And in his gospel, Luke starts by telling us that an angel named Gabriel appears to an unsuspecting parent uh, to tell this parent that even though this couple is in a stage of life where the last thing they are expecting is a baby, they're about to be pregnant. That's how the book starts. And the angel says to the parent that this baby is going to do great things. The angel tells this parent that this baby is going to be a leader and that many people will benefit by what this child is going to do in the world. I mean, this child, according to the angel Gabriel, is going to be something special. And the baby the angel is talking about, of course, and you can say this out loud with me, is... John the Baptist. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Luke has the longest and most detailed account of the greatest and most significant birth in the history of the world in his back pocket. It's a story that people need to hear. It's a story that will be for the benefit of everybody. And it's the second birth story he tells us in his gospel. What? That there's another birth story ahead of that? Why? Like Luke has the main event ready to go and he leads with something else. And when you read through the Gospel of Luke, the, the first couple chapters, you see that it starts with the birth of John the Baptist being foretold, or J the B, as I like to call him. Then 
the birth, Luke tells us about the birth of Jesus being foretold. Then he tells the story of the birth of John the Baptist. Then it's the story of the birth of Jesus. Why? Why not start with Jesus? Uh, when I was in middle school, my friend Carrie Donatucci had some friends over at her house. And this was like a boy-girl hangout. And so I did what I always did in middle school when I was going to be hanging out with girls. Uh, I put on a massive amount of cologne. <laughs> and my cologne of choice at the time was Stetson for Men. That's right, Stetson for Men. And when I was w- wearing it, the term men was actually used quite loosely because at the time I was well under five feet tall and well under 100 pounds. Uh, and I believe that the hip cologne at the time was cool water. You remember cool water? I think it was in a dark blue bottle. Uh, but for whatever reason, I had Stetson for men, or in my case, Stetson for prepubescent boys is what I was wearing. Anyway, uh, when we all showed up at Carrie's house, all the girls went inside to hang out and all the boys stayed outside and played basketball in her driveway. And as happens when middle school boys do anything remotely active, uh, we all started sweating. <laughs> when, when I started sweating, my cologne started exuding itself off of my body in a really potent way to the point where all the other guys were like, who is wearing the gallons of cologne? Like, learn how to put on cologne appropriately. And of course, I joined in because I couldn't admit that it was me that was making the neighborhood smell like sweat and Stetson for men. So I was like, yeah. Yeah, who, who, who's the lame person that doesn't know how to wear cologne? Uh, I'm not sure my di- diversion worked. <laughs> but here's the point. Why did I put on cologne before going over to Carrie Donatucci's house? Uh, here's why. Because there were going to be girls there, <laughs> and I needed to be prepared. I, I had to be ready. And you, you know what it's like to get ready for things. You had a job interview, so you spent a couple hours preparing questions and going over answers that you would give when you were asked questions and learning about the company that you were interviewing for. Or you had a date, so you spent time doing things like bathing and picking out an outfit and coming up with your opening line and putting so much product in your hair that if you got hit by a bus, your hair would still be in place. Or maybe you had to give a presentation, and so you spent time doing the hard work of putting the presentation together and and going over and over it and memorizing it. Or maybe you watched your kid get ready for their play or their musical at school and you took them to their rehearsals and you helped them with their lines or their songs at home. Whatever it was, the reason you prepared or the reason your kid prepared was so that you were ready when it was time for the event. So why does Luke... Tell us about the birth of John the Baptist before he tells us about the most important birth in the history of the world. Why does he tell us about a birth before the birth? Maybe, maybe it's because Luke knows his audience needs to be ready. His audience needs to be prepared before they get to the main event. Because if they're not, if they're not ready and they're not prepared, they're going to somehow miss what it's all about. And this is what John the Baptist did. He, John was the forerunner. 
John was the opening band. John was Jesus' hype man. John was the one who came announcing that the fulfillment of the scriptures was coming. John was the one who prepared and paved the way. Jesus was the way. So in, in Luke chapter 1, verse 14, this angel Gabriel says, says to J the B's dad, Zechariah, he says, He, being John, will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. One scholar paraphrases this line this way. He says, And many of the Lord God's people will rejoice because of his ministry of preparing them for the Lord. In other words, joy will come with this child because he is going to get people ready for what the Savior of the world is going to do. And what John the Baptist did was he called the nation to reform. He called the nation to turn to God and to live differently, to return to the way of living that God expects of his people. And by the way, preparing for Christmas calls us to live differently. Because how else can our hearts be ready for the gift of Christmas? If we don't spend time getting ready for everything this season means, we're going to miss it. If we're not living with eyes to see the beauty and goodness that is about to show up, there's no way we can actually see it. Now, I want to give you three words or three phrases of what John did to help people prepare for the kingdom of God that was coming through Jesus. And I want to see how that is helpful for us in December of 2018. And these words or these phrases come from what the angel says to John the Baptist's dad about J the B in Luke chapter 1, verse 17. This is all from one verse. The verse says this. The angel says to John the Baptist's dad, and he, being John, he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. First phrase, go before. The angel says, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. And the angel here is essentially quoting an Old Testament passage, Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, and he is linking John to the work of the Old Testament prophets, one of whom was Elijah. And what the angel is saying is, by going before, John the Baptist has a powerful, powerful message to share and a call to a better way of living for God's people. And it is going to bring, this message, this call is going to bring people back to God. This message and preparation is going to help reconnect people to the God who created them. Go before. Second, turn. The angel says, John the Baptist is going to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. There's a piece here about reconciliation between families. And this is important because as a first century Jew, uh, you had many religious options. And what some scholars think this is referring to here is to the split that would sometimes happen when a child chose to belong to a different religious group or a different religious sect than their parents belonged to, some of which were actually really, really harmful and destructive. Uh, by the way, imagine that. <laughs> Families arguing over religion. 
But don't worry, that only happened in the first century. But what John's message will help do, according to this angel, is it will call people and families back to unity and to the way of the one true God. Which, by the way, may be a much bigger and more inclusive way than people give it credit for. It may even have the ability to include everybody, should people choose it. So, not only will John's message help bring people back to God, it will, according to this angel, help bring families back to each other, help bring people back together. So first, go before, second, turn, and then third, make ready. The angel says, John will, he will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So J. the B, being a moral reformer and being a preacher of hope, is going to make people ready for a God who will draw people to himself. There's this verse in the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3, that says, A voice of one calling, in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. John's role was to make people ready for Jesus and to make the way to God as straight as possible. Three chapters later, Isaiah chapter 43, verses 6 and 7, God says this, Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone, God says, who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and named. Everyone, by the way, I believe includes you. So you have go before, turn, make ready. And this opens the door for us all to be ready for the greatest birth story ever told. See, Luke has to tell a birth story before he can tell the birth story. So so we are prepared for the birth story. And right now, We are in the season in the church calendar known as Advent. Advent is the few weeks leading up to Christmas that is designed to be a time of waiting and of preparing and of getting ready and of being expectant for the birth of the Savior of the world. And the four main things that this season focuses on are hope, love, joy, and peace. I'll say those again. Hope, love, joy, and peace. This is what Christmas is really all about. And this is what the birth of Jesus is really all about. And these four ideas, these four words, these are what we are to be about. And and whether you consider yourself a follower of Jesus or not, these things are best for everybody. Hope, love, joy, and peace. And so the question becomes, how can you prepare for Christmas? What do you need to do to get ready for the birth of Jesus? Because if you're moving too fast or your heart isn't in the right place, you're going to miss what Christmas is actually all about. And remember, preparing for Christmas calls us to live differently. Because how else can we be ready for the gift and for the beauty of Jesus? How can you prepare? And maybe for you, it has to do with the term go before. 
maybe there's a way you need to reconnect with God. Maybe there's a way that, that you're being led to chase a better way of living, a more healthy way of living. Maybe it's a change you need to make in your habits or who you, who you hang out with or, or the places you go. Maybe for you, it's starting to do something like talking to someone about your faith or, or prayer or meditation or giving thanks for the good things in your life. Or maybe for you, it has to do with preparing has to do with the term turn. Maybe there's some reconciliation that needs to happen between you and a family member. Is there a rift between you and a brother or sister, or mom, or dad, or son, or daughter, or aunt, or uncle, or spouse that needs to be ironed out. In other words, is there anyone you aren't looking forward to seeing at the family Christmas gathering? And you need to do everything in your power to make amends. Or maybe it's not a family member, maybe it's a friend. Or maybe for you, preparing has to do with the term, make ready. Uh, Is there a way you need to prepare yourself for the God who wants to draw you to himself. Maybe you need to start believing in your own worth or talents or abilities. Maybe you start by loving yourself better this Christmas season. Because if you don't love yourself, it's going to be darn near impossible to receive love from God or from anyone else. Maybe for you, you need to take time to reflect or to journal about what the season means to you or what you want it to mean to you. Maybe you need to slow down or take a breath or just do something spontaneous with the people who you care about most. Or maybe for you, preparing means you, you need uh, to have hope. Hope in a better future. Hope in your relationships. Hope in your career. Maybe... For you, you need to decide that you're done being cynical or negative and instead start focusing on the positive. Maybe for you, you need to prepare by showing love. Love for your neighbor, love for your kids, love for your coworkers, love for your enemies. Here's a question. What's something kind you can do for someone that they'll never see coming? How can you show love to someone this Christmas season? Maybe for you, preparing means you need to express joy, joy for the gift of life, joy for the gift of the Jesus who comes to show us a better way, joy for the gift of a season where we get to focus on family and friends and how we're all connected. Maybe for you, it's simply you need to smile more. Maybe for you, you need to prepare by granting peace, peace in your own heart, refusing to retaliate against the person who said that mean thing to you or being willing to forgive the person who wronged you or maybe for you it's receiving peace from God because this Christmas isn't going to be like last Christmas because the dynamics have changed. Whatever it is, how can you prepare for the birth of Jesus? That's what this season is about. And for me, uh, I think one of the ways I can prepare is just being grateful for the uniqueness of this Christmas for me and my family. I haven't been home back in Chicago for Christmas in seven years, since 2011. And growing up, uh, we used to spend Christmas on the farm that my mom grew up on, which is outside of Madison, Wisconsin. And the farm got sold this year. And so this is going to be the last Christmas on the farm. This, this farm has been in my family forever. And me and, my, me and my immediate family, we're in a position where we get to go home for Christmas for the first time in seven years. 
because the nature of my work is I don't usually get to do this, to go home during the holidays. Uh, The last time I was home for Christmas, my daughter was three months old. She doesn't remember. My son has never been there, the farm for Christmas or my mom's for Christmas or my brother's for Christmas. And what, what I want to do is just soak in the joy of being with family of I get to be with my twin brother on our birthday, which hasn't happened since 2011. Our birthday is on the 23rd. I get to see old friends over the holiday season. I haven't gotten to do that in a long time. I get to be with my wife and my kids on vacation over Christmas, which hasn't happened in quite a while. And the word for me that keeps coming to my mind for this Christmas is the word, and I've said it a few times already, gift. For me, this, this Christmas season is a gift. And I want to be grateful for the uniqueness of this. That's how I am trying to prepare. There's this quote that I love. It's one of my favorite quotes. It, it says this, Opportunity does not waste time with those who are unprepared. Opportunity does not waste time with those who are unprepared. See, the, the invitation of the season is to be prepared for what we celebrate on December 25th. And I believe that every single one of us has the opportunity to have a life-changing, perspective-changing experience with Jesus. I think that's just true for everybody. And our job is to do whatever we can to be prepared so that we can be aware of the experience of the season. So whatever it is for you, however it is you need to get ready, may you see how the story of a birth helps you prepare and get ready for the birth. May you do what you need to do to have the eyes to see the beauty of Christmas, to to go before or to turn or to make ready. May you experience hope, love, joy, and peace this season, and may you add to it. May you know how valuable you are and feel God drawing you to himself just as you are. Well, thank you for listening to experience four of what's true for everybody. And if this has somehow been helpful and true for you, then chances are it will be true for somebody else. And coming next will be experience five, Christmas 2018, part two. So I will meet you back here for that. And until then, much love, hope, joy, and peace to you.